My... Where's my nose? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I want to keep, keep this all in the episode. <laughs> all right. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture To Do, the podcast where two best friends give each other to-do lists of things to watch, read, listen to, talk about, smell. I'm one of your hosts, Greg. I'm here with your other host, Anthony. Eh. And I drank four beers at lunch, so we're going to have a party. He's wasted. No, I'm kidding. I've never, I don't... I'm just kidding. Yeah, the line between like sober and wasted for you is so like blurry because you can be hammered and and i would never tell i am indestructible i am invincible splat 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 welcome to the greg asmr while anthony talks regular podcast i'll be your asmr greg i hate asmr (laughs) anyways we got an episode for you guys today we're talking about the Gaspar Noé film from 2018, Climax, as well as some things Anthony's going to bring up right now. Yeah, so uh, first bit of movie news I have here is Jackie Brown icon Pam Greer is joining the cast of a Pet Cemetery prequel film. Pam Greer, there's a name I haven't heard since Jackie Brown. <laughs> obviously she's done other movies uh since but she's like an actress i i never hear about yeah me neither yeah and i'm not gonna hear about her again because i'm not gonna watch this prequel no nah, me, me neither uh, but she was great gonna... jackie brown yeah of course um i'm not gonna watch it either i didn't even watch the I didn't even watch that remake that came out. I didn't even watch the original. I am so <laughs> off of the Pet Cemetery train. I don't know. I think it's Oh, there's no trains in Pet Cemetery. Well, there you go. There should be. Maybe. It's pet it's Pet Cemetery. It's not Pet Junction where the never go junction. And it really okay, I know that like kids wrote the sign, but it bugs me that's misspelled. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Yes, I'm happy. Okay. Next bit of movie news is uh, there was a poster, a poster design uh, that surfaced for Jordan Peele's newest horror film, simply called Nope. Excited for the movie? Don't like the name. I uh, I mean, I agree. Look, Get Out, brilliant title. Us, brilliant title. Nope, please let that be a working title. (laughs) But it's not a working title because it's on the poster. I know. That's the name of the movie. I know. I this was just really like wishful thinking here at this point. Look, uh, no, look. I I mean, Jordan Peele so far, JP two for two, right? So I it I think it's reasonable to say that I have extremely high hopes and expectations for this film, and I'm hoping that the film will, you know, outweigh the. Mm-hmm. title <laughs> i don't know yeah no I'm, I'm sure it's gonna be a good movie it's just it's a stupid title in my opinion it's i yeah it's um i mean i get it because like it's you know it's like a meme thing it's like a, a nope situation but like you know it just makes me time. think because Back when uh, Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez did the uh, double feature, yeah, they had fake trailers play during it, like at the beginning oh. and in between. And yeah. one of them was called Nope. And it was, will you go into the cabin? And then you see someone get murdered in the cabin. Nope. Will you this? Like, like it was a joke. And now yeah. we have a serious artist making a serious movie by that title well serious quote-unquote because we don't know how serious it's going to be you know he you know does comedy as well as he does his horror so yeah it's it's really funny huh 
it's just a weird title choice yeah very weird um but it is really funny how uh like jordan peele has been so known for like comedy and then he veered into horror i mean you know of course he injects a lot of comedy into his films but still like at the core they're horror films and i just love that like quick that shift you know mm -hmm. it would have been too predictable for him to just be like no nah, i'm gonna do i'm gonna continue making comedy films yeah and you know like he had interests outside of it and i am excited to see if he does things outside of horror as well because he is so good behind the camera and he has a lot to say within his horror films so it's interesting to see where he could go outside of it as well yeah i'm really curious uh i i do wonder if he's gonna remain a, a horror director because again like this is his third film and i mean i'm assuming it's a horror film right mm -hmm. um as far as i know yeah yeah have you seen the uh, cast for it it's pretty good i only know three names that the ones that are on the the poster which is daniel kaluuya kiki palmer and steve young uh, and that excites me yeah, yeah, Stephen Yeun and Daniel Kaluuya are fantastic. I'm not, I've heard of Kiki Palmer and I've seen her in things, but like I'm not as well versed in her work as I am the, the other two. I'm not either, but you know, if Jordan Peele put her in something, it's gonna be good. Like, yeah, yeah, he gets good performances from all of his actors. He does. So I'm very much, look, I'm excited regardless of the title. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, speaking of posters, did you see they put out a bunch of like character portrait posters for the new Dune movie? Dune, yes, I did. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, this is uh, it's gonna be a huge movie. Like, oh yeah, it's gonna be so big. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've watched. I've also uh, I watched that like new trailer that uh, they dropped, mm -hmm. and uh, Jesus Christ, this is gonna be like a spectacle. I'm I'm almost like 1000% convinced it's going to be a full like full-blown spectacle oh for sure I'm, I'm just excited too because I've not read Dune but I know it's a very big epic at times strange novel yeah and as excited as I was for it the few images I've seen from it because I stay away from trailers and everything as you know <laughs> but you the listeners may not know that I don't really watch trailers I just go to movies yeah but yeah, uh, I'm excited for this movie, so I'm staying away from trailers especially. But I saw a few of the images, and while they do look good, everything was very flat. Mm. So I was just kind of like, mm, am I excited about this? And then I saw some of the character portraits for some people who I hadn't seen in prior images, mm. like uh, Stellan Skarsgård's character and whatnot. I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, there, there's more. Th it's more than just, uh, we took these actors and put them in some heavy looking body armor like there's yeah. some interesting stuff going on then that excites me now because you know his production design in his prior movies have been so interesting but like arrival is a much more grounded film so i was excited to see something that was a little more his vision yeah well i think his biggest like film like uh production wise has to be 2049 oh yeah prior to this yeah which again you know it looks great and it's got a great look to it like all his films do but it's also building off of an existing property just so like i want to see what he does in grandeur on his own because there isn't there's not a lot of actual imagery of dune the novel because it's a novel no, the only imagery you're going to get is like uh, the David Lynch uh, movie. And I think there was a series, like a TV series. Uh, the series was adapting some of the other Dune novels, not Dune. Oh, uh, okay, okay. And then you'd probably get like images of Hordorowski's Dune, but uh, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Who gives a shit about that <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Look, I... It, the production looked great, but he wanted that thing to be like 12 hours. I'm not. That's the thing. Like, I, I really enjoyed the documentary Jodorowsky's Dune. Yeah. Which, if you're listening and you haven't checked that out, you should. It's a crazy avant garde filmmaker explaining all the weird shit he wanted to do as a Dune adaptation. 
but he also was missing the point of what Dune is and wanted to make a weird trip of a thing yeah. that wouldn't have been an adaptation of it. So why yeah. are you adapting it? You know? Yeah. I think he was just kind of getting like way too up his own ass, you know, and he, yeah. he kept just like pushing the envelope and, and just not the best way. I, and, for, and that that's his thing. That's how he likes to make yeah. his films, but well, I don't, first of all, I don't like him as a filmmaker. I've seen, I think, like two of his films, one of them being Holy Mountain, the other one, I don't remember, probably Il Topo. <laughs> I didn't like either of them. Like, I, I really, really didn't. And I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I feel like, like production wise aside, like production design aside, like he's a little too like, like I said, like up his own ass. He's too like shock value. First of all, in Holy Mountain, I've seen like I've seen too many child boy penis than I ever needed to. First of all, like Fair. that, like please don't ever put that in your movie. Don't. Why? You know. In any case, I'm done rambling. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just, I just want to, because I don't know if you know this, uh, Jodorowsky's still making films, and they're all about his childhood now. He's still making movies? Yeah, like, he put out some movies, and they're, like, biopics on himself. With, like, his son playing him or something. I don't know, I read that a while ago, but... Yeah, he, you know, you're talking about him being kind of up his own ass and whatnot. Yeah. It's like, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what better way to show that you're up your own ass than <laughs> fucking do your own biopic? <laughs> more than one. More than one? Yeah. <laughs> Who needs more than one? <laughs> what are you chronicling? Like, this is this movie's five to six. This other movie's six to seven. And it's like, what the fuck? Who cares? Anyway. Uh, yeah. And, and anyways, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I like the documentary. Yeah, Jodorowsky's Dune because you can see his enthusiasm. He's excited about it, and it's fun. But I'm glad they didn't make that movie. Yo, I'm so glad. I'm. It's a fun documentary. Don't get me wrong, because also like Reffin's in it, and that's really cool. We love Reffin, but no way am I ever sitting through 12 hours <laughs> of pretentious, like just surreal bullshit. I'm sorry, but no, it's not happening. <laughs> not fucking happening. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway, off of that point, on to our third uh, movie news. And this is like actual like news news, like drama, if you will. But movie the news, original drama. director, what? Movie news, drama, movie news. Yeah, 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 drama, drama. Uh, the original director of Space Jam uh, just wholeheartedly bashed the new Space Jam all the way down to its cast, like bashing the idea, saying it's insignificant, calling LeBron, he's like, he's no Michael Jordan, you know, like just, <laughs> like he's just pounding everything that is the new Space Jam into the ground. Uh, and uh, like, I just, first of all, I want to know what you think, and then I'll give my opinion on this. Like, what do you think about directors bashing other directors' work? I mean, it's kind of a dick move. I get it, because they're just like, hey, let's make, you know, the thing you made, but worse, because it doesn't look good. But at the same time, it's kind of a high horse to be saying that when you are the director of Space Jam. Yeah. Because, like, He's... I like Space Jam. I own it on Blu ray. It's really mm -hmm. funny. It has uh, director commentary by the actual Looney Tunes, quote unquote. Oh my like, God. Like, it's, it's funny, but, like, I enjoy it for the nostalgia more than the fact that it's a good movie. Yeah. You know, it's. It's cute. It's fun, but it's not. It's not like someone was like, you know what? I need to make a sequel to. Citizen Kane. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's you you didn't make high art. You made a film that is part of a larger properties existence, you know? Like it's not yeah. like he made the only Looney Tunes thing. They're gonna make more Looney Tunes stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, that 
new Space Jam looks really bad. It, you know what it is? It's like it's like that Ready Player One movie where they're just like, "Hey, uh, let's go all the way deep into the uh, you know Warner Brothers archives and just pull all the properties out and just have a ginormous unnecessary cameo fest." Oh yeah, it's it's super Ready Player One. It's all. It also seems like ah, Spider Verse was successful. What is our Spider Verse? Uh, Spider Verse was. Spider-Verse was successful for a multitude of other reasons, and it wasn't because it was just a, a, a cameo fest. You know what I mean? Uh, in any case, I, I think it's I think it's really shitty because it's just like, first of all, like this director of the old, like the director of the, the first Space Jam has not made a movie since fucking Space Jam. So like where the fuck do you get off critiquing and bashing another dude's work when this guy is clearly having more work than you ever have? You know? I mean, maybe he just isn't making stuff anymore because he doesn't want to, or maybe he hasn't been able to get work since. I don't know. I'm not going to speak to that. Yeah. I mean, if you're bitter, I get it, you know. I just think like the way to get like if you want to make anything again probably don't be so rude to one of the bigger studios out there. Yeah. Also just don't be rude. No. Like I I consider that to be like so shitty just like when people boo at con at cons like for like a film. Like I <laughs> Really? Do we need to boo? We need to boo. We're adults. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Anyway, that's yeah. Fuck everyone. Yeah, I'm with you on that. People are people are crap, crap caca. Well, not <laughs> everyone, but you know. Yeah. Um. With that out of the way, shall we roll into our main topic? Yes. Okay, Norton, take it away. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, we are talking about the Gaspar Noé film Climax, like I said at the top of the episode. It is Anthony's favorite film from 2018. 19. 19. Oh, yeah, it it was 18 in film festivals, 19 in actual. Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah, problem exactly. with catching films after is you don't really understand sometimes where things actually are. Like I was looking up like yeah. best films of 2021 and it was like Minari. I'm like, Minari. But it, <laughs> but it came out last it, year. It's just like the enemy syndrome, you know? Right. Anywho, uh, Climax is a movie about a dance troupe in the 90s who accident, uh, accidentally do a bunch of LSD and then freak out for 90 minutes. Yeah. And that's that's it. That's the description of the movie. Technically, that's a spoiler because that's the whole film. Yeah. And yeah. I was hopeful going into this movie because I know how Gaspar Noé is as a filmmaker. I know he likes to push buttons. I know he likes to be controversial. And I know that he likes to play with taboo subject matter. And there is that in this movie. And I was like, hmm, let's see how this goes. Because, you know, stuff like that I can go either way with. I enjoyed this movie. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm so happy. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, and it helps that it doesn't overstay its welcome. Like I said, like it's like a tight 96 minutes. It yeah, yeah. doesn't try to get crazy huge, crazy grand to two plus hours. It just, it comes in, it does its thing and it gets out and it's a, it's a trip and there's some ooky stuff in there for sure, but it doesn't like dwell on it in crazy ways like you know 
other films he's made will just be like, yeah, let's just film a rape scene for 10 minutes. Like he doesn't do stuff like that in this. Like it's bouncing around between things so quickly. And it's just really, it's an atmosphere piece above all else. It is really well said. Um, I would argue that this is probably his most accessible film from his from his filmography. Mm. Oh, and he has said that about himself. I, I read a bit about this. Uh, he thinks that he may have made a bad film because too many people like it, which is just the most pretentious thing to say. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, whatever. Like that's kind of, that's kind of a stupid thing to say, um, but. That aside, I mean, I fucking love this movie. I love it so much. It was really good. Uh, big shout out to the uh, number one most big important star of the film, the editor. I think that the choice of takes and the choices made with the editing, because like the cinematography is great and it's a lot of long takes, but yeah. the choices that they made in post really just make it work oh yeah oh yeah because i'm sure they they did so many takes of this and the script was like three pages long because he just gets people who, who improvise instead of like he did he doesn't write long scripts no so the fact that he like the editing of it real is the make or break of the film and i think it's great you know he makes really interesting choices uh in how he simulates the feeling of these characters on LSD without doing the classic. And then there's flashing lights and we're doing trippy CGI visuals or any of that. Like it's it's all just in camera. It's the use of long takes. It's you know the, the way the camera moves and it's the way the actors perform. Yeah, definitely. I, I love, I, I really like, my favorite part about the film is the fact that everything that the characters are experiencing, they are experiencing and you never know what they're seeing. You just see the reaction. Exactly. It's I love that. Fantastic. It's, it's terrifying. It makes it more, it makes it scarier, I'd say. Yeah. And, you know, it's about a dance troupe and they are, they're, they're, they're all cast they, they cast dancers instead of like actors because they wanted the physicality and it really works for one because the you know there's a little bit at the beginning of the film and then there's a 10 minute dance sequence that was gorgeous unbroken yeah one one take it's beautiful and you can just see the physicality that all the performers have in every scene in every sequence in every moment they're just really showing off their strengths as performers physically and it's beautiful like you, you wouldn't be able to get that by casting actors you needed to cast dancers yeah but uh the i mean there is like one main actor uh one known actress uh sophia butella who has who a is... professional dance background yeah. Yeah, yeah, but she's like, <laughs> what I mean to say is like, she's actually an actor too, where the, yeah. whereas the other words, the other ones are, I think, just dancers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, but she, yeah, like you said, she, I think was a dancer first or something. She was, she yeah. definitely, yeah. So it's definitely in her and uh, goddamn man, I, I, that is one way to open a movie, I gotta say, that, uh, that has to be one of the best openings to a film, like in a long time what it's am I fantastic taught? and i like mm -hmm. to before that there's the the interviews that they have where it's on a tv it's like they, they were taping interviews with the people who are in this you know mm -hmm. the, the, the characters not the actors sort of auditioning for this dance troupe and it's a fantastic sequence love it love and it. Yeah, and what I like about it too is, you know, it's the classic, you know, it's it's a shot of the TV and, you know, we're cutting between person and person and person, but it's not just like, ah, and we do it for like 30 seconds and then we start the film. It's a few minutes. It's, it's long, yeah. 
It really does it's set long. the mood and sets the characters. It, it sets the characters more. It sets the characters and then the dance sequence that sets the mood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this movie, again, is it, it, like you said before, like it has brilliant atmosphere. And if you're looking like if you guys are looking for like character de development or character arcs, like it, it, this movie, it's not about that. This movie is no, literally about people. It's a mood piece peace. and that's it. Yeah. It's about people losing control. Yeah. I, I read somewhere that Gaspar Noé said he was looking at it as sort of the reverse of 2001 A Space Odyssey, where 2001 is about the evolution of ape to man to what comes next. And he was doing the opposite, where it was the de-evolution of people returning back to primality. Oh, shit. That's actually... That's really interesting. I actually never, I didn't even hear about that. That's, wow. It makes a lot of sense. Oh my God, yeah. But I was also thinking about like something like how it has to, like how it's interesting, how it's dancers. And dance is like, I would consider it to, and this is just me. I, You could tell me to go fuck myself, guys. You know, I just probably dancers listening to us. But I always consider like dancing to be like, like controlled chaos, you know, like mm -hmm. the movements are very like big and grandiose, but there's, there's, there's precision, you know, you can't, it's timed, you know, it's rehearsed. And this is literally like, it's dancers who have been practicing this controlled piece and then they all lose control and that, that structure falls apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's, there's a whole lot you can dig into if you really want to analyze what he could have been trying to say. Like it's a, it's one of those films that, despite the fact that there is very little story going on, quote unquote, there is a lot of dimension to it. There's a lot of depth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Like the plot is just like what, like a line, but there's I, I would consider like there to be so many so much dimension so many angles so much mm -hmm. depth to this film you know yeah and i don't want to give really great. away i don't want to give away any of the moments the the shock stuff because that is what the film is made for you know i'm not I, I don't think it it's something that we should talk about because to experience it watching it is so much more than hearing us talk about it yeah, no, we're not going to get into that. Um, but there, I mean, yeah, like you said, there are moments for sure mm -hmm. um, where shit quite literally hits like 12 fans. Um, but I, don't, I, don't, I really urge anyone listening, if you haven't seen it, to watch it because like Norton said, we're not going to discuss this. And I think it's just best you guys just experience this on your own, uh, on the biggest screen you have, if possible. Um, <laughs> I, I did have a question for you though. Like, yeah. was this your first Gaspar Noé film? Mm -hmm. It is, yeah. Yeah, I I know of him. I've known of him for a long time. I've been for meaning sure. to check out. Uh, was it Enter the Void? Yeah, that's the only other film I've seen of his yeah. too. I've been meaning to see that one because, you know, like Irreversible does not sound like my cup of tea. And that's okay. I mean, I'm going to watch it, but I I completely understand if you don't want to watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I just, like like I said earlier, like I don't want to watch a movie where they they simulate a rape scene for 10 minutes. That's that's not art to me. That's, that's pornography. It's, that's difficult. I, I, I don't want to say anything because I, I want to see it used in the context of the film. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know what to say about that. It is, it is tough to, to gauge, but a part of me hopes that Gaspar Noé made it that way, not just for shock value, but I'm hoping there was a meaning behind it. You know what I mean? I'm sure there was, I, I'm sure you can dig for one, but at the same time, yeah. this is the man who has said that he doesn't think 
Climax was a good film because too many people liked it. He wants to shock people. He wants to make people uncomfortable. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The, the first 10 minutes of Irreversible apparently have like a low frequency sound in it that will actually like when played on the big speakers in theaters, uh, it you don't hear it, but you feel it in a way that makes you uncomfortable. And he did that to make people have to walk out like he wants to push people's buttons he wants to be that guy and you know like we were talking last week about uh the the sexual assault stuff going on in the boys and i'm not a fan of that i'm not a fan of that in my media a lot of the time but at least they handled that well they weren't showy about it they were doing it to talk as we had mentioned about certain messages whereas like i don't know from what i've heard it's like of gaspar in a way as an artist it's it's like i'm sure he has stuff that he's saying with that but i can tell that it's not for me whereas i enjoyed climax and it has some uncomfortable stuff in it but it doesn't linger it doesn't try to like push you into it in the same kind of way no 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 i i'm and i look i completely understand if if his overall work is not your cup of tea that is so understandable um i I, like i said before i'm at least just really happy that you like this and i knew i i knew that this would be more up your alley just in the sense of i think it's his more ex most accessible film you Mm -hmm. know um but back onto Irreversible, and I don't remember exactly, but I discovered that film initially through Matt, our friend Matt, because he... Gem on Sports Corner, talking. news episodes every Friday. Sorry. You got it. Yeah, of course. It's always necessary. We got to plug in our, our friends. Um, but Matt was the one who told me about this, or told both of us. I remember he he said, like, we were on the topic of, like, disturbing movies or whatever and he mentioned like Gaspar Noé's Irreversible has like a 10 7 minute whatever sexual assault scene and and I just like I do remember wondering like why like what's the reason for that but I also I could be misremembering this but I also think that Matt is is a I don't know if he's a fan of Gaspar Noé's work, but I do know that he likes some of his material. I know because uh, we and our friends at the Gentleman Sports Corner have years before any of us had a podcast of our own. Uh, we'll, we get together every year and we do our top ten movies of the year, and Climax was on his as well. I believe Gaspar Noé's previous film Love was also on. Matt's list of the year that came out. It was, if I'm not mistaken. There, like he's a, he's a fan, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I I don't know I, I um like this movie plus Enter the Void is for me like I feel like they're gateway movies for his work. Like I I want to go back now into his catalog and watch his films. Um, I I was going to ask you that question, but you you already answered it before. (laughs) Yeah, no, there there are some of his movies that I'm interested in, but there's some that I'm just like, oh, as much like, because Irreversible, it's also, it's non-chronological in that the first scene of the film is the last event to happen and each scene goes backwards, leading back to the beginning. And I think that's really cool. And I almost want to watch it for that. But at the same time, it's like, I know I'm not going to feel comfortable watching this. And an audience should, if they don't feel comfortable watching something, they shouldn't have to watch something. You know? Uh, Yeah, it's true. (laughs) If if you're not into it for whatever reason, there's no reason why you should continue. Unless you want to. But if you don't want to, then don't, don't, you know? Consent in movies, consent in life. Yeah, exactly. What do you think about, um, like overall, what do you think about endurance test movies? Which I I would consider some of Noe's work to to fall into that criteria. 
I feel like that's a nice way of describing it. And I think, you know, like I'm not against harder to watch movies. I'm a fan of Requiem for a Dream, you know, which does a lot of things in it that I have critiqued other things that we've discussed on this podcast. You know, it does it and I like it and like, you know, art is subjective and, you know, I think though it comes down to reasoning and that's why I like reading what I have about Gaspar Noé. I think he knows how to make a film, but I'm not going to watch the movie that he made clearly to push people's buttons the most. Whereas Requiem for a Dream to me feels more like, oh, it is using this harder material because it's telling the story. You know, I think I think it's subjective piece by piece. You know, I it's like it's like I can't say like, oh, and I like all sci-fi movies because of this, because it's a genre in a lot of ways, and you have to judge it, you know, piece of art by piece of art. It's true. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned uh, Requiem for Dream. It's a that's a movie I really enjoy too. Um, and I, I I would I would consider it to be up there with like closest to accurate depictions of like drug habit or addiction. And drug drug addiction is very uncomfortable. So if you're gonna make a movie about it, the movie should be uncomfortable. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And that movie is not fucking comfortable. Oh, absolutely not. No, no, it, uh, especially like during there's like, I know that there's like a montage or something of like, just, just audit, like just sensory assault, like just so many things are happening. You're like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's like a horror movie, but it's not a horror movie. Um, oh, I, I think it is a horror movie because it's horrifying, you know? It, yeah. Okay. Then, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. There's a lot of scenes. There's a lot of parts in, the, in that movie that close to horror that are you know horror horrific so it's like i mean i'm scared oh, i i'd scared of some of the scenes on there like i get that that tense feeling that that ooh moment that you get from horror watching it just because it's not quote unquote horror doesn't mean it's not horror no no yeah exactly like yeah, it, there's a lot of horror in that film, despite it not being a horror genre film. Like, mm -hmm. Requiem for a Dream is one of those movies that, like, from scene one, even though there's nothing serious in scene one, I'm just like, I'm not going to really have a good time with this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, like, there's, I think there are things in there that are, quote-unquote, good time, in the same way that there's things in this that are good time in Climax, because, mm -hmm. you know, you can enjoy the filmmaking you know exactly like, to talk about wrecking for a dream you know the, that fast montage uh close-up work that is used throughout the film is fantastic you know i really liked in climax they sort of ran some end credits 30 seconds into the movie then like an hour in they had they like credited yeah. all the actors and everyone like it and was the musicians. wild yeah, yeah. Like, and the editor and like everyone like they they just sort of you know it yeah. was an experimental film in how it did that despite being a pretty straightforward film for the most part like but for the most part it was just those little things that's just like oh this is fun this is cool this is unique yeah it like at times even feels like a, a music video like sequences you know mm -hmm. oh, i fucking love that movie so much and it was funny because, like, after I rewatched it, like, not too long ago, I was like, you know what? Norton really needs to see this. I really don't know if he's going to like it, but I know he at least needs to see this. <laughs> and I was, and I was, yeah. that's when I knew. I was like, yeah, this, I have to make this the next, like, request, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was worth watching. Like, I, yeah, I enjoyed my time with it. Nice, man. I'm happy. You watched it alone or with Sam? I watched it by myself. Uh, Sam had some other stuff to do. That makes sense. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> and we watch a lot of stuff on our own just because like we're both people who very much need to recharge by ourselves so it's just like you know came into my little office watched uh watched a weird movie by myself nice. 
the way to do it. That's and that's yeah. like if you're gonna watch a weird movie, you gotta do it alone in a room. <laughs> <laughs> right? You 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 oh, say man. as when was the last time you watched something without your fiance? <laughs> and you watch weird stuff. <laughs> I do watch weird stuff. But the thing is, like, she and I both love really weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and even, like, even her, I would consider she's a little bit more into, like, the super, like, fucking weird, disturbing shit. Mm-hmm. Like, she's the one who, like, even though I discovered Irreversible through Matt, she was the one who really opened the doors to Gaspar in a way for me. Mm-hmm. She introduced me to Lars von Trier because she is into his work. I don't... I, I look I haven't seen his movies so I can't talk but like I don't know if I want to see his movies but um in any case she kind of opened the door to a lot of those like uh filmmakers for me mm-hmm. which is which I love I love because I love discovering new names that I'd never heard before you know oh absolutely and especially yeah. now like you know we're not we're not young people we're getting older we're and we're at that age now where we can easily become comfortable in what we like you know yeah the post high school post college age for a lot of people is when they discover the least amount of stuff it's when you you know start really listening to the same albums over and over again when you start watching the same movies over and over again and there is a lot of value to comfort in your art but you know that's the fun thing about you know talking with lots of different people about the things they like and then checking it out after. Yeah. Yeah. And I miss that. I miss like, like uh, just discovering new, new stuff like blind, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like after, at the end of this, you're going to tell me a movie or whatever that I have to watch. And it's like, that's the whole joy of this podcast is the fact that we're being pushed outside of our, our comfort circle, you know? Absolutely. And like, that's how you find things that you love. You know, when I used to work at a movie theater, if I had a day off, I would just see what was playing sometimes and just go see it. And that's how I discovered Steven Soderbergh. That's how I really started understanding who uh, Danny Boyle was as a filmmaker because I watched Trance and I was like, oh, that was cool. Oh, it's the guy who made Train Spotting. I've been meaning to rewatch that. I'm going to rewatch that. Oh, he made this movie Sunshine. I'm going to check that out like 28 days later. Yeah. Like like you 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 got to be able to just go into things sometimes. And obviously, you yeah. know, like I said prior, like if some things make you uncomfortable, don't check that out, but you know. Yeah. I do have a question for you. Because mm-hmm. you're you're someone who goes into stuff blind. Have you ever just gone into a movie based only, not even reading plot, just based only on the poster or the DVD cover? It comes at night. That's it? Yeah. It comes at night. Have you seen the poster, the that poster with the dog? Barking at nothing? Yeah. Yeah. That poster is... In my opinion, one of the greatest film posters I've ever seen. It is. It is a great poster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, 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 I like know. the movie. Uh, yeah. I, no, I know you, Matt, and I think the W also really enjoyed. It was all on your top tens. I remember. Um, I remember you liked it the first time you saw it, and then when yeah. you revisit it, you're like, "No, this isn't my movie." Yeah. It, I don't know. It lost steam for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. But again, like you said, like it just wasn't for me, and. Uh, but goddamn, there's a part of that, me that's that, like that poster. Uh, yeah, yeah, the poster. Like regardless of my like for the movie, the poster's mm-hmm. great. The poster's great. And I was just thinking, like, goddamn, I really wish the movie emulated the poster more. Mm-hmm. For me, for me. Yeah. It's it's funny that you're not into it because it is your kind of movie. It, it's it's so weird, you know. It's yeah. really weird because it. It really had like all the Anthony isms, I guess, going for it. Then I watched it and I was like, huh. <laughs> you yeah. know? Well, like the first time I was like, that was pretty good. And then I watched it again. I was like, I don't like this as much as I did the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that that, that is that is interesting how sometimes you you check stuff out that you enjoyed again and just like i enjoyed this yeah has that happened to you and if so like for what movie it probably has i can't think of any off the top of my head Mm. but i'm sure it has if i think of any I'll, i'll let you know yeah it sucks but it happens you know Ooh, ooh, actually. Uh, one, I'm not sure if I'm going to pick this for our next episode, but there is a movie that I want to do on the podcast. It's a movie we've both seen, but we haven't seen in a while. So I want to, I want us to watch it and see if it holds up. So maybe, oh, nice. maybe we'll be doing that soon. Can't wait. Can't wait. Oh, man. <laughs> Now I want to know, but no, no, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Um, yeah, so did you have anything more to say on Climax? No. I mean, we could get, get into spoilers and dissecting all the weird moments in it, but I don't want to do that. I want anyone listening no. to this who hasn't seen the movie to go see it. Yeah. Please. It's an exciting trip. Yeah. Oh, geez. It's... Uh... It's hard. Uh, not 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 and, you, mom. Uh, mom, don't watch it. You're not gonna like it. <laughs> but like, kind of watch it. Mom, don't watch it. Don't listen watch to Anthony. It. And you too, Gary. <laughs> no, Dad, don't watch it. Guys, don't. <laughs> Do you want your mom to watch Climax? A part of me does. <laughs> and then she's gonna be like, "What have I done? What?" What happened to my son? <laughs> Do you really want to be disowned? No. No, no, no. Exactly. Mom... So don't get me disowned either. <laughs> my mom loves like Hallmark Christmas movies. There's <laughs> no way in piss and shit that she's ever going to watch or even like something like Climax. This is not going to happen. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> oh, man. So what am I watching? That's a excellent question. Give it to me. I got Give I got two me. here that I'm debating between. Do you want to watch a newer film or an older film? Newer. All right. Then for next week, we will be discussing the film The Kid Detective. Starring that guy from the OC. Adam Brody? Yeah. The kid detective? What the fuck is that? Yeah, uh, he plays a a grown-ass man who was a child detective who grew up and is now a fucked-up real detective. Oh, okay. So this is... This is like a thriller? It's a dark comedy thriller mashup. Okay. Evan Morgan. Okay, I'm in. Well, you have to be. It was my pick. Yeah. <laughs> and what was the... Can I know the older one, or you're just going to give it to me later? Oh, we're going to do that another time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I'm pumped. Wait, was that... What year was this? 2020. This was on your list, wasn't it? No. It wasn't? This This title sounds really familiar. You may have heard about it otherwise, but I didn't, I didn't watch it, uh, last year. Oh, you watched like recently? Has Mm -hmm. to be recently. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. Okay. Well, I'm pumped. I don't know any of these people except for Adam Brody. Like literally he's the only Mm -hmm. fucking dude I know in this. Stop looking at stuff. You might accidentally get a spoilers. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, um, I, I closed the page. (laughs) And, uh, okay, I'm pumped. Next week, guys, the kid detective. Yeah. Stay tuned. So, before we go, is there anything else you've checked out? Anything else you want to bring up? Anything you want me to smell? I can't. You're over there. You're in a different place. I can't smell anything you want me to smell. I really don't want you to smell anything right now. It's just, it's not a pretty show up in here. Um, 
But I will say anything recently that I've been checking out, uh, I finished the second season of Never Have I Ever with my fiance. It was really good. Um, I also recently started and got through to season three of this Netflix, this Australian Netflix show called Please Like Me. Uh, I don't really like that that show. But you, you've gotten to season three. I did because the sh- okay, the show itself is good, but the characters piss me off so much that I, I legitimately don't even want to continue this. Oh, okay. And it's it's not the type of like they piss me off in the sense of like like okay, always sunny in Philadelphia, which I I, I recently restarted with my fiance. She loves it, um, but. You see, you have those characters and they're not likable, but it's like, it's it's self-aware. You know, we mm-hmm. know they're not likable. The writers and people know they're not likable. That's the joke, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's laugh at these horrible people ruining their lives. Exactly. And, and it's good because we don't need to pity them, you know? Mm-hmm. But this is like, the, the, they're like painted as quirky, but the the... It's like these guys, they all just have this unique ability and talent to say and do all the wrong things at the, the worst time. And it's just like, and, and it's one of the, it's the type of characters that like you probably know or have heard of or once knew. It's like, that's how grounded they are. And that's how like, it, it just makes them all the more dislikable, you know? And it's just like, I don't. I really don't want to see any I don't like I don't even care if these people succeed or fail I just don't I'm sorry but I don't want to see the end of this journey and that's why like as soon as season four started because you know I finished season three and it automatically starts season four I was like I don't want to watch this anymore (laughs) I'm kind of pulling the (laughs) yeah I'm kind of pulling the plug I really I dislike everyone yeah anyway what about you um, have I mentioned I've been watching Schitt's Creek? Yes. How do you like it? it I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm on season two now. Okay, Sam's cool. watched it like five times now. <laughs> the whole thing? It's only four seasons. Oh. Uh, I know that my fiance and her sister got through like season maybe two to th- or like two or three. Mm-hmm. They haven't finished it though. No, and I... It- I haven't started. Yeah, it, it it's good. It's it's funny. Uh, it's got that thing where like these characters are you know kind of dicks, but you know you can see them slowly starting to grow. There you go. Which you is see? which? That's the thing. Like if you're gonna make characters who are dicks, they either have to be the butt of the joke or they have to grow. Okay. Okay. Yes, and and you know, and, and another problem I have with the show I just mentioned. They don't fucking grow. <laughs> Season three, and they're they're anyway. Norton, please continue because I'm in a. It's 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 getting me really angry. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh, you wanna? Uh, fun fun thing happened. Uh, so our friend Matt is friends with uh, this guy Chris who streams on Twitch. He's a small. Twitch streamer, uh, up and coming, maybe, you know, we'll see. And he had a stream last night, Thursday, we're recording on Friday, surprise. And, you know, he was just, he's been busy with work and life stuff. So he hasn't been streaming as much. So he was just doing a hangout. Like, I'm just going to do some stuff. I'm going to talk to you guys and chat. And I follow him on Twitter because he's friends with Matt you know, so we, we, we started talking on, on that and stuff. So I was like, you know, I'm going to watch a stream. So I jump in. Who's in the chat? Matt. Who shows up in the chat? The W. And all of a sudden, it's a fucking party. And I'm just like, uh, yes, this was the best decision. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hanging out in 2021. Yep. In the midst of a pandemic. Well, not the midst. Hopefully the mm. end of a I mean, I'm seeing people this weekend. Oh, you are? Oh, well, yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. But you're going to have masks, no? Well, distancing outside, that kind of stuff. 
Okay, that's not bad. But even like, I'm double vaxxed. We've got friends who are double vaxxed now. Like, I can start seeing people. Uh, has it been two weeks though? Yeah, it's uh, for me, it's two weeks this weekend. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm getting vaxxed this weekend. Yeah, you are. I wonder if this part of the episode is going to stay in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone, I'm getting double vaxxed this weekend. Anyway. Um, what that, is it just me way. or has this been just the most chill, nonchalant episode we've done? That's okay. I, I fucking yeah. love these ones. The one where we just like talk and then, oh yeah, movies. But then, yeah, and I... I also had a weird poo this morning. You know what I mean? Like, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, did you watch anything else you've been watching or listening? Not really. Just the same old, same old on my end. Same. Oh, uh, new video came out this week on my channel. It's about Go the check Simpsons. Check it out, guys. It's Okay. No, nah, no, nah. it's probably awesome. It's about nostalgia too, no? Yeah, it's about my views on the Simpsons relationship with nostalgia. It's part of a bigger Simpsons project I'm working on. Ooh. But, you know, it's like I didn't want to spend six minutes of what's going to be probably my longest video yeah. talking about this. So I was like, you know, I'll make this, I'll put it out. And it's going to be a, yeah, and so like the next video you do, is it going to be like the part two? Uh, it's going to be a while. Uh, oh, it, it's going to be something that I'm going to be working on while I'm working on like videos for the next little while. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a while before the next one's out. Nice. I got other stuff in between. I'm, uh, I'm doing, I'm doing a Suicide Squad rewrite. I'm doing a Venom rewrite. I'm doing nice. uh, what's the other? What's on my schedule? No, that I'm moving that. Uh, <laughs> Carrying the six. I'm doing lots of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Man has a full uh, full schedule. <laughs> nice. All right, man. Well, shall we sign off? Take us home taking us home all right guys as you heard my co-host say he's got a youtube channel put out a new video this week and i'm sure it's awesome and i'm gonna go watch it and so should you so go support him at youtube at the greg norton okay sick uh also go check him out on instagram also the at the greg norton he puts out vi uh little you know photos of his cats and him and uh they're amazing and uh, go also check us out on Twitter at Pop Culture To Do. Talk to us, communicate with us. We want to hear your voice. We want to hear what you have to say. Uh, recommend us movies or let us know if you watched any of the movies that we discussed on the show. We'd love to hear your opinions on them. Uh, you can also shoot us an email at popculturetodo at gmail.com. And uh, you can also check out my Instagram page. Uh, I post art every now and then. Uh, I shoot highlights of films that I love. I also post little details and updates on the graphic novel that I've been working on. Uh, and that's it. Uh, you can check me out at Instagram at Anthony with teeth. Uh, and I also, you have a Twitter. Yes. 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 My most active social media account that oh, you geez. skip half the that time you do this. I love it. <laughs> it always, it always, I'm always just saying that, like, will he remember this week? <laughs> <laughs> you heard it, guys. Guy has a Twitter account at the Greg Norton. Go tweet at him. Go tell him your favorite movies. He'll tell you his favorite movies. Go start a conversation. We want friends. We need people. Thank you for listening, as always. Yes. Speaking of needing people, if you like the episodes... Share them with your friends. Be like, hey, yes. I heard this podcast. It's about the movie Climax. You've seen the movie Climax. Dwayne, probably. Maybe Alice. I don't know your name. 
you're a fictional character in this situation, but you listener find your real friends <laughs> and give them this podcast. And yeah. if you don't have real friends, find us on social media. Anthony will be your friend. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like friends and uh, I'll definitely be your friend. Like you heard Norton say, go share this podcast. If you like what we're doing here, share it with your friends, share it with your community. And uh, let's build a nice big filmmaking not filmmaking, well, that too, but film lover, TV lover community. We love talking TVs and movies. And, and uh, what better way to do it when you beautiful people? Woo! Thank you for listening and keep it squeezy. Have a good one. <laughs>